Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Daring Quill podcast. Today, I will be sharing my very first story. It's a short experimental that I've written. Finally, one down, so many to go. <laughs> and well, remember to subscribe and follow on Facebook and Instagram at The Daring Quill. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Now, here you go. This is At The Piano Bar. The lights were bright, the music was deafening, and the parade had just started. It was Tuesday, February 13th, and the Mardi Gras Casino had a revelry carnival inside its walls. Check or bet? The dealer raised his voice in an attempt to be louder than the festive noise, and to be heard by the players at the poker table after burning and placing the flop. I, uh, I fold. The small blind announced, absent-minded throwing his ace deuce suited in the muck, oblivious that the flop is three aces. He was too busy staring at a mulatto woman wearing a neon purple and a gold peacock feathers mask that only revealed her emerald green eyes and her ruby red lips. She looked like a mythical goddess wearing a two-piece fitted costume made of gold, blue, and purple gems, which complemented her alluring mask but it also left very little to the imagination. As she moves to the sound of the upbeat jazz music, our poker player gets up and sits by the bar where the carnival dancers make a stop to perform the main number on stage. He orders an apple martini and eagerly waits for the number to end. She notices him staring, and seductively she twirls, moving her hips side to side and effortlessly her full-figure breasts bouncing up and down. The music ends. The dancers get off the stage. He gets up with the apple martini in hand and goes after her. It's been three years. I didn't think you would still be dancing in this place. <laughs> It's good to see you again, Robert. I mean, you look stunning, Yara. Is apple martini still your favorite? Yara stares at him, unsure how to manage the moment. A rush of all memories inundate her, and a slight sense of fear takes over her as she remembers the last time they saw each other and the time they didn't. Yara, are you okay? It's just me, an old friend with an apple martini in his hand. Robert expresses in an attempt to avoid an awkward moment. I'm sorry, Robert. It's just that it's been so long. Yara pretends not to be bothered by his impromptu approach. And no, I don't drink anymore except for Valerian root tea after every show. Robert stares at her uncertain if she's pulling his leg or if this might be true. The Yara he knows would have never refused to drink. After a second, they both laugh. They hug each other and she tells him she has to finish the parade, but to meet her after at their usual spot, the piano bar downstairs at the dining lounge of the Mardi Gras Casino. Two hours later, as Yara is walking down the spiral stairs that lead to the dining lounge, the music becomes clear with every step she takes. The pianist is playing Chopin, and the music beautifully merges with Yara's walk and flow. She's no longer wearing her alluring parade costume, but a beautiful, yet modest, long coat, which makes her look classy and elegant. She meets Robert at the table. 
He pretends not to be amazed by her change. He has never met this Yara. Miss Yara, would you like your tea? The bartender politely asks. Yes, Dean. Thank you. Yara responds as she sits next to Robert. Miss Yara, <laughs> who are you, the boss? <laughs> Robert teases and gently giggles. Yara tries to ignore the comment, and after a moment of silence, she can't hold back anymore. You never showed up. You never called or texted back. I needed to talk to you. I needed you. I searched everywhere for you, but you just disappeared, and now you approach me like nothing? It's been three years, Robert. A lot has changed. I'm not the same Yara you used to sleep with and ditch in the morning, so no, don't expect that tonight or ever again. Yara unexpectedly scolds Robert, and even though this takes him by surprise, he calmly answers. I had business to attend to, and I didn't owe you any explanations. We were just casual sex partners. Yara, we were never exclusive. You know the rules, and besides, we only met a few times a year when I came into town. I had no obligations with you. We never had a committed relationship. It was just all fun, and you agreed to that. Yara let the harsh truth hit her like a ton of bricks. She felt winded and almost in tears. She knew what she was getting into the night she met Robert. He was right. Everything he said was true. She allowed it, and she didn't care. She was just having fun, and just like Robert, she wasn't looking for a serious relationship. Yara enjoyed his company every time he was in town, and enjoyed even more not having to keep up with him or to render any explanation of her doings when he was gone. But last time was different. She had something important to tell him, and she never got the chance. Now is just three years too late. Robert sees Yara getting upset and tries to appease her. Look, I wasn't expecting anything this time. I, I didn't even think I was going to see you tonight. But then when I saw you, I thought we could just catch up, have a drink, talk. Yes, you look stunning, Yara, even more than I can remember. But in the past three years, a lot has changed. And when I saw you, I just had this weird desire to share my story with you. I care a lot about you, even though we never had a serious relationship. Maybe it's because you are the only woman in this world that has never pissed me off. You always make me laugh. Yara listened and realized that he wasn't the same Robert either and that this was not going to be the best time to tell him what she had been planning the past three years if she ever saw him again. I... I have to go. Robert, I'm sorry for what I said and how I reacted. You're right. You're right about everything. We owe each other no obligations or explanations and everything has changed. Not just for you. Yara tells him as she tries to keep calm and continues. Yes, I still work here. That hasn't changed, but that is only because I became part owner of the casino and I still dance because I love it and I'm the head choreographer. <laughs> so um, if you excuse me now, I, I have a home and a daughter to get to. Robert gently takes Yara's hand in an attempt to steal another minute of her time. You have a family? And now a businesswoman? That's great, Yara. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I got married too, and now I have twins. Maybe we can just have a friendly lunch tomorrow and talk about our kids. How old is your daughter? 
Yara lets go of Robert's hand, stands up grabbing her coat and her bag, ready to leave. She hesitates for a moment, but finally, uninterested, she answers. I'm not married. Samantha is two and a half years old, and I don't think that seeing each other again is such a good idea. With these final words, Yara leaves. It takes Robert a second, but he finally realized what was so important that she needed to tell him three years ago.